Hello, all you classless peasants. You're tuned in to the Holy Heathen Podcast, and tonight's episode is titled Mad World, as in Mad Mutually Assured Destruction. But before we jump right into it, I need to tidy up some of the incoherent ramblings of yesteryear. So in the last episode, uh, the, the word that evaded me was archetype. And what I mean by that is, if, if you see the black goat uh, personified as Satan in Judeo-Christianity, at least New Testament, Testament Christianity, or uh, all the 1990s Satanism type shit, you know, the Son of Sam documentary that just came out, Super Goats on Netflix. When you see that, and then you think about the goat herding tribes of Eastern Europe and the Baltic tribes, and how their their world revolved around that. And I, I talked about that a little bit in the last episode. And um, For instance, the gorgeous Norwegian girls dancing around the campfire for the summer solstice uh, is portrayed in Christianity as witchcraft. So I think that I'm on to something, and I'm going to keep researching it. And, and that sort of ideology, I think, led me to Mitch Harowitz and... I've read some of his stuff before, especially with regard to Neville Goddard. And I've Neville Goddard didn't write books, but people have published his speeches. And I think that's all very fascinating. So if your brain works like I do, all I can do is recommend these other artists and, and uh, subject matter experts. So that's where I'm at currently with fleshing out this idea of the archetype. And then also... In the last episode, I was telling a Putin story, and uh, I was mainly going off memory, but I do have the BBC article. So he did uh, tell a mob of angry people with a machine gun that um, if they came in, they would all get shot. Uh, meanwhile, his guys were down in the basement burning all the classified documents. And the uh, the, the thing that I messed up in that story was uh, the phrase is Moscow is, is silent, not, not Russia is silent. So... Um, it's like Putin's coming of age tale and how he cut his teeth being a survivor. And then, uh, as you know, he's, he's been around the last five or six U S presidents. I can't, I can't remember exactly how many, but, um, uh, I, these are some of the things I'm trying to clean up from the last episode, uh, which I, which I find ironic because one of the things that piss me off more than anything else is whenever someone, a technocrat, whenever someone attacks one or two little things in an argument without actually acknowledging the 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 argument in its, in its whole or its entirety, right? So, yeah, I cuss, but fuck you. Like, this is my fucking podcast. I'll say what the fuck I want, right? That's the point. And um, some people, and I had this teacher in high school used to say that only uneducated people curse because they lack a vocabulary to use a better word. And I basically said, fuck you, motherfucker. Um, because he, he was also the same guy that said people were never happy. They just remember being so. And I, I guess I see that. And definitely as I get older, I see from his perspective, a middle-aged man that never became a professional baseball player and, and teaching English to middle schoolers. Uh, like, fuck you, I've been so happy before. I've literally jeep, uh, jumped with joy. I've experienced things that give you awe, and I think that it is a wasted fucking life to do anything but the contrary. But 
the dichotomy there, I've been, I've been listening to Jocko too much, but the dichotomy there is bad things happen. And it's only through the bad things that you acknowledge and actually appreciate the good things. So that's why the trust fund babies like Trump don't ever do very well because um, I don't know if it's the Oedipal complex or penis envy or what the fuck, but I apparently he spent his entire life trying to tell everyone he has balls and when when you actually have a set, you, there's no there's no question, right? <laughs> People don't fucking question it. Um, when you've actually uh, scraped your knuckles, uh, you know, doing work or fucking cracking skulls, no one fucking questions whether or not that motherfucker will will bark, right, <laughs> or bite. <laughs> um, there's a lot of barkers out there, and not and not enough biters, if you ask me. And um, yeah, that. In today's standards, that's extreme, but um, I, I think it's today's standards. That's the motherfucking problem, right? Uh, I've, I've been reading this book. It's called Goliath, and it's the 100-year war between monopoly power and democracy. And I, I keep having all these little coincidences in my life. I don't know if it's my subconscious or uh, I have all I have more questions than answers, so I get curious, and then I'll be wandering around a bookstore, and then a book like this just pops out to me. And since I'm a cheap little son of a bitch, it just happened to be in the use section, so it was only a couple dollars anyways. But this is just a fascinating fucking read. Uh, Matt Stoller is the author, and um, it confirms a lot of the my own predispositions, right? Like, and, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, and I'm actually learning much more in the process of reading this book. But it talks about so, for instance, whenever Biden went to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and spoke to um, the BLM movement, yes, that was a good thing. But I said, hmm, what also happened in 1921? There were a lot of union wars, right? Like, union blue-collar workers were the only people in U.S. history to get bombs dropped on them, citizens, U.S. citizens, dropped on them, and whether or not that was via the Army Air Corps or a contractor, air quote, um, our military has always used contractors, air quote. Remember um, the little story I was telling you about Claire Chenault? Uh, he was a contractor, air quote, but we claim him as one of the greatest fucking aces in World War II. So um, whether or not our government admits that they dropped bombs on civilians, for trying to get paid in actual U.S. money and not coal mine script, um, I, I, didn't, I didn't hear that apology out of Biden. And, and I think it is a disservice to history in general to just, just toe these little political lines of what's popular today and not say, like, hey, yeah, our past is a little... Uh, messy, right? A lot of bad things did happen to good people, and I'm not saying anything against the 300 people that were killed in Tulsa, uh, Oklahoma, but those were vigilantes, right? And we have laws for criminals, and we have due process. So, that being said, I think it's a much greater offense for a corporation and or the Army Air Corps to drop bombs and kill 100 fucking minors fighting for the right, you know, the right to work and get paid a livable wage. So I, this book came a, across my path 
and I've been fascinated with it ever since. And even in the introduction, he's saying there's only four media companies that, that run the globe. There's your fake news, right? Um, there's only four airlines. That's why you're still wearing a mask even though you've been vaccinated and even though they have awesome fucking filters on airplanes apparently. Uh, that's why it feels like the Stanford prison experiment and the stewardesses are now the fucking prison guards, right? You're, you got to keep your eyes down and your mouth shut or else they'll fucking send you to jail. And, and guess what? You want a cup of coffee? <laughs> Fuck right off. You're the fucking prisoner now. <laughs> your cup of coffee to go with your $600 ticket? Yeah, bend over and fucking take it. <laughs> so I, I think what a lot of what I'm saying is what people are thinking, and I think that's also why this is entertaining. I, I do not want to be a satire, but I, but I do want to, let's just set the record straight. So to pick up where we left off on the last episode, I spent about a month and a half reading newspaper articles, and then I gave you the highlight reel. So the very next day after I published the last episode, on page eight, like I was telling you, the felons that wear suits and ties in the United States let you know which felonies they commit for the week. So the very next day after I released the last podcast, New York court suspends, uh, suspends Giuliani's law license. And you know, I did a podcast about him talking about Tom Morello and Rage Against the Machine. And they were telling people back in the 90s how fucked Giuliani was, right? Uh, right below Giuliani's gorgeous face, there's Pelosi's ugly mug. And Pelosi's creating a panel to seek the truth in the Capitol attack. And I told you about all the good things that come from these independent panels, like more government overreach from your overlords into things like uh, the privacy and sanctity of your own home, which is unconstitutional as fuck. So, and then we come over here, John McAfee. Uh, if you guys don't remember him, he's the uh, machine gun-wielding party boy of... Um, a few islands down <laughs> down below the United States. And uh, needless to say, he had a couple of counterattacks, evasion. He died in a Spanish jail. His family's pissed because he had the bail money, and they didn't give him bail. And he's a non-criminal offender, as well as most of the cases were uh, brought up against him were dismissed. So, like, out of five, only one stuck or something. So... Uh, <clears throat> I think that's ironic as well. I don't know how it ties together, but I just think, what a fucking page full of news. Like, two out of three of the things we were talking about, and that was kind of the point, was don't think any of this shit happens in a vacuum or in a bubble, and that for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So... To tidy up the incoherence, what does the railroad and the Bitcoin have in common? And it's unfettered, hot, nasty motherfucking power, right? Like we worship Carnegie and Rockefeller. Um, everyone knows about uh, Tesla and Edison and Westinghouse, right? Of the electricity, but those monopolies keep reoccurring and then 
the government tries to bust them up, and then the corporations end up making more alliances or allegiances or more shell companies, and they just keep getting more money. And there's a great show on Hulu right now, just titled Trust, and it's about the Getty oil family and how one of the grandsons becomes a captive and uh, these Italians are trying to ransom him. And uh, the truth is often stranger than fiction, is, is what I'm trying to say. So we have an identity crisis, global, but you feel it more in the U.S. when we tout things like life, liberty, property, pursuit of happiness, and then under the property you have the right to privacy, right? So you not only have an inalienable right to free interstate travel, but you also have a right to own things and have a right of privacy within those things. But how can you say that's on the left hand when in the right hand None of that applies. And, and, and this stemmed from, from the Patriot Act. And, I, and I've talked about this almost ad nauseum, and I don't want to be a broken record. But if you just remember, I remember I was in sixth grade when the, when the Twin Towers fell, right? I, didn't, I wasn't alive during Reagan. I wasn't alive during Nixon. But I remember those little stickers on everyone's vehicle. And all the little stickers said, never forget. <laughs> it's like the true Greek tragedy that we can't possibly ever forget it because hundreds of thousands of us marched off to die. And while we were all feeling patriotic, the people with power grabbed more of it. Right? And, and what I mean by that is I'm, I'm sure that people in high levels of our government have earned that position. I'm sure that there are a great, of a great many deal of, of civil servants, including people that are in the CIA and FBI and Homeland Security and all the other acronyms that are too many to count. So my beef is not with any individual, but, but the policy, right? This goes back to Operation Paperclip where we created NASA with a bunch of Nazi war criminals, brought 12,000 of them over to the United States. And it was, <clears throat> it was titled a paperclip because the only thing tying them to being a Nazi was the mark of the paperclip on their file folder that they got rid of. Then it was the Bay of Pigs with John F. Kennedy, the last real president of the United States. You know, the guy that was lost at sea for nine days of World War II and got himself and his guys back to safety. The guy that during the Bay of Pigs, sitting in Washington, D.C., when the Joint Chiefs were telling him to fall out to his bunker, he said, sit where you are and get comfortable. You know, like real fucking leadership, John F. Kennedy. And then they ended up clapping his ass. Uh, I think the quote was, uh, they sat there with their dumbfounded looks on their faces, eating their chicken salad sandwiches. <laughs> I mean, that, that's why he appointed his brother in the first place. He needed people he could trust because even... The information he was getting from the highest levels was false. And, and, it, and that was his conundrum to solve. He couldn't figure out if they were so inept at their job that they gave him bad intel or if they gave him bad intel on purpose. 
Wow, they didn't teach you that in school, did they? Well, so then after the Bay of Pigs, we had the Iran-Contra affair, which was a big fucking dirty black eye. And we trained up all of those Middle Easterners fighting the Russians. And then after 89, when the Cold War supposedly ended, which it possibly can't whenever the leader of Russia was there, <laughs> right? This is what I was talking about. So all those people that we trained up ended up being the grandfathers of Al-Qaeda, you know. <laughs> so then we fast forward to Guantanamo and some of the other crazy shit that's been going on in the last 10 years or 20 years or so, like torturing people and President Bush giving those three-letter organizations full reign to uh, carry out executions, mainly with drone strikes. And then, you know, President Obama did release Guantanamo prisoners, and, and that was like a, a big political thing. A lot of people were very upset about that because the, those people were bad guys, right? But if you see the trend, if there's that many black marks on your list, why would I let them listen to my fucking Apple Watch? Why would I let them listen to my Alexa if the only thing they're good at is waterboarding and drone strikes? And that's what I said on the last podcast with those who have a hammer see nails everywhere. But you have the freedom of speech in this country. So you have the freedom to question these things and the right to read and research. And all the while, you know, I'm just, I'm just thinking about movies from when I was a kid. <laughs> and, uh, like, like Under Siege. I saw, I saw that back on Netflix. Uh, it, it popped back up. And uh, <laughs> I, I rewatched it, namely for the cake scene uh, where, the, where, the, where the young girl, Miss October, jumps out of the cake. But... Uh, I found myself now having a little more experience and a little older in life empathizing with uh, Tommy Lee Jones's character, right? So right before the great knife fight, uh, Steven Seagal, which this is even funnier because Steven Seagal is like buddy buddies and doing shit in Russia now. <laughs> they have this little line in the movie where... Uh, uh, <clears throat> Seagal asked Tommy Lee Jones like why he is being a maniacal prick and Tommy Lee Jones is like I'm sick of desperate solutions for impossible problems created by other fucking people <laughs> and then uh, Steven Seagal you know in, in the cool suave manner that he does he's like we're all just puppets in the same sick play we serve the same master and, and then, of course, uh, Stephen Skull kills Tommy Lee Jones with a knife fight, and it's pretty badass. But, like, that is fiction. But then whenever you have Edward Snowden <laughs> talking about Prism, uh, it, 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 how is it not laughable? Like, like, how can people not see, or do they just not care? Or is it just not affecting them, right? Because at the end of the day, a lot of this does come down to 
I just want to go to work and I just want to live my life. I just want to uh, drink wine and have a family and all that shit, right? Like, it's way too taxing for anyone to get involved at a larger level than just showing up to their 40-hour-a-week job. And that's the real fucking problem, though, is complacency. You know, there's no sense of uh, duty or or responsibility, I I guess is, is the word. And uh, a lot of this is in Hollywood, which which brings me back uh, to Dennis Leary because another great great show was um, oh what was that fucking I think it was called uh, Demolition Man where uh, it, it's how funny is this so Sylvester Stallone is like this Neanderthal cop. But he's, they have to unthaw his ass to catch Wesley Snipes. And in the future, there's only one restaurant, Taco Bell, which goes into this theme of monopolies, right? And the the hot, sexy cop, I think it's like Sandra Bullock or something, she's like so woke, like she can't even say a curse word. And, uh, and, and it's just like so fucking funny with cancel culture and... and uh, like, everything's got to be socially acceptable, right? Well, at one point, they're running from the corrupt Gustavo government, and they go down in the sewers, and there's this Dennis Leary character, and he's like, man, I'm no savior, you know? He's like, uh, he goes, I want to smoke a Cuban cigar the size of Cincinnati in the non-smoking section. I want to run through the streets naked with green jello rubbed all over my body reading a Playboy magazine because I suddenly might feel the need to. <laughs> you know? He's like, he's like, he goes, I'm the enemy because I believe in uh, free speech, freedom of choice, and I want high cholesterol. <laughs> it's like, like, praise be to thee, you fucking heathen. <laughs> We need more fucking Dennis Leary's right now. We need more people saying, what the fuck is going on in the circle jerk of fucking lunatics? And it is pertinent to right now in this moment in space and time because the treason trials, the Roman treason trials I was referencing with uh, Tiberius and uh, the other one starts with a fucking C, the tyrant king of Rome, um, in order to feed the masses and run up debts with gladiatorial games, all he did was take all the blackmail from the other senators, prominent elites in society. They killed them and took their shit to, to fill the coffers. And today, we, not, we might not be as bloodthirsty, but you see that there is, you know, Trump was impeached twice. And now, even though he's fallen from graces, one, the man's a complete fucking tsunami. Anyone that was ever associated with him was either fired by him or is now in jail. And then two, he abused his powers like a Nixon-Reagan fuck child. You know, he had this, like, big disdain for mainstream media just like uh, Nixon. And then he did shady shit like Nixon, and he just stole Reagan's campaign. So... Um, the way he, his Watergate is that he was wiretapping with, with the CIA or an FBI, right? Like he was like wiretapping 
uh, hit the opposition. So now they are trying to further inquire into that and then, and then probably try him for it. So it's lunacy. It's lunacy in that it keeps happening over and over and over again. And only a few people, only a few little sparkles twinkle, right? Like a Socrates or a Marcus Aurelius. And and the rest of us just, just fucking cower our little heads and never make a splash in, in history in any so way whatsoever, you know? Like, um, we're all puppets and, and the same, <laughs> serving the same master. <laughs> you, you can't tout individual liberties and then say corporations are people too. They, they can't be people. They don't pay taxes. You can say that we work for them because we need to make a living to pay off all the debts that we've racked up. But you can't say that, like, like Jeff Bezos is a person, but, like, Amazon is not. Like, Amazon does not have the same rights as as Jeff Bezos. Uh, and, and these dichotomies or um, impasses can't be reconciled when it's a self-licking ice cream cone of corruption, right? Like each one is worse than, than the last. And that's why I just said John F. Kennedy was the last real fucking president of the United States. Because look, like look, look what has happened since. And, and even his presidency was, was mired with controversy, you know, with Marilyn Monroe and and, and Hollywood types, and um, his dad bought the votes uh, on the campaign trail with briefcases of money, and, like, that, that's all been documented and stuff. What I am saying, though, is once he got in, it seemed like he was the last real leader, and <clears throat> I know in previous podcasts I, I talked highly of Bush Sr., and I kind of compared him to Marcus Aurelius and, and, and Marcus Aurelius' son, Commodus, and, and, you know, Bush Jr. being a, just a lightweight, right? Like, he was not prepared for the job. And, and that was evident with him going missing for three days on the, on the onset of 9-11. When it happened, he was gone for three days, and then they made a movie about it, and it was like, he was trying to to get down there to the people where they needed him, and his secret service was like, it's too dangerous, sir, we can't go. And I, I say bullshit, right? <laughs> that, there's no way that fucking happened. That, that is literally propaganda. And um, But <clears throat> what the point that I'm making by bringing up Bush was on Amazon Prime... <laughs> Uh, it, my Amazon Prime let me know that the Enron documentary was going to be taken off there in a few days. So I said, well, shit, I better watch this. <laughs> and guess who I saw? Bush Sr. Ma uh, making a personalized video to the CEO of Enron. And he said, you've done more than anyone else to help Junior. And in my old age, family's all that matters. So, so thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck is that all about? 
you know? Uh, and Bush Sr. was the CIA director, and he was the vice president, and he fought in World War II. And it's like, even at the end, dude, even at the end, it, like, that's how you want to be remembered? Kind of like General Petraeus. Yeah, he was a CIA director. And it was a skirt that brought him down. Like, he was banging a subordinate that was writing a book about him. And that man had more accolades than anybody. So, so what I'm saying is, how is it in this house of cards that people just keep coming and going and, like, their names keep being tarnished and the only way to be remembered favorably is to get clapped like Kennedy and it makes you think of ancient Rome again where you either die the savior live long enough to be the villain but if you watch the Enron documentary and all of their shenanigans then you know that lesser men acting as men right like that Wolf of Wall Street persona these lesser men say well it's it's just money so like no no one's getting hurt and like they're the idiots for being duped <laughs> and they get away with felonies and if real men were the alpha which is what I was talking about in the last podcast if real alphas ran things like the Eisenhowers that would say the buck stops at my desk and not the Nixons who said I am not a crook then we would be in a lot better shape. But there, there's this, like, urge to neuter anyone with testosterone. And, and, that's, and that's not to say anything about the divine femininity. Um, I just don't have that apparatus attached to my body, so I don't know shit about it, so I'm not going to talk about it. What I do have is a pair of fucking balls swinging between my legs. So I do know about that. And, and I do know when it comes to aggression and and violence that if there is a fair match which is very few and far between in, in nature but if there's a fair match like pure pugilism oftentimes things get resolved and it's been my limited experience I've made a lot of friends afterwards right we share a little sweat we share a little bit of blood and then we get a beer afterwards and no one else understands that, but you share a bond with that person. And if <clears throat> you are willing to physically stand arm to arm with another human being to inflict damage, then you have to be willing to accept damage. Right? And it is also instant feedback. If you mess up, you know about it through pain. So it was also a positive motivator. So... The fact that people don't get to utilize that entire side of the spectrum on the emotional spectrum of things has to be detrimental. It has to be detrimental because that's like saying, don't ever cry. If you cry, you will be thrown and punished and be treated as a criminal for acknowledging a natural fucking human emotion that goes all the way back to Cain and Abel for all of your religious types the first two brothers and that is also another perfect example of misplaced aggression in the wrong way I wish they just would have whooped his ass you know but uh 
Well, poor Abel. Well, <laughs> I guess vegetarians have never had a good, <laughs> good go at it. <laughs> um, but but to tie this back around <clears throat> to these themes of that keep reoccurring in in space and time, that seem inevitable inevitable at this point. If you watched Enron on Amazon, then the next thing you should watch is hashtag unfit, where an entire slew of PhDs say it's their moral obligation to to call uh, Trump a sadist, and, and obviously that man is not in office anymore, but he's like on the campaign trail already for 2024, which is just fucking insane. Uh, it's like the definition of insanity. But what I what I did find interesting was there was a former missileer, someone that used to hold nuclear codes and used to teach at the schoolhouse, and he was saying, "What sense does this make? The man's a hothead and he's unhinged, and as a professional, uh, in his esteemed career, he had to go through." Uh, financial analysis, lie detectors, uh, strict scrutiny, right? Like more strict than anyone else. But the person that would be telling him to push the buttons is a complete fucking maniac. And I thought that was a perfect example of just common fucking sense. And you would say, well, the commander-in-chief is a civilian and he's elected through our democratic process and you get what you get. And the rebuttal of that is, there's been too many crazy fucking things happening in our elections for anyone to believe in the sanctity of them anymore. And the reason why I bring this up is, look at the two fucking retards, the bottom of the barrel fucking idiots that we got the pleasure to vote for this this last election. An old man that stutters, that's that should not be up there anymore based on just his track record, right? And then a maniacal sadist. You could have went down to the local dollar store and found two better candidates for president of the United States. And it is it is my belief that absolute power corrupts absolutely. So why would someone push those people to the top? Well... Those are the people getting the camp, the campaign contributions. Those are the people with the political power of the, the purse and how expensive it is to even run in the first place. And that's why whenever, you know, rewind an election ago when Bernie Sanders got the popular vote and the chairman of the DCCC said, step down, it's not your turn. And then Bernie was out there... Um, whipping the votes for Hillary, anyone with half a brain would see that, like, the the game is rigged, right? Like, one, that was illegal, and nothing happened to the son of a bitch. And two, on the other side, it's always um, fucking Russian meddling or, or uh, you know, the, the, the vote count. And that goes back to 2000 with Florida and uh, John Kerry and, and Bush Jr. It was a very close election. Oh, goddamn, I'm down a rabbit hole. But if you watched Unfit, it's interesting, to say the least, that that many people, it took them long enough to speak out, but that many people 
made a movie about the guy, which it went hand-in-hand with, with Enron. Um, and then there's actually a, a documentary about Watergate, and, and uh, as you watch it, you can't help but just see all the parallels to the, to the Trump presidency. And, and what I mean about that is the disdain for anyone that disagrees. I mean, I don't even think, I think CNN made a list of all the people that Trump fired while he was in office. And they're like, how on earth do you get anything done if, if all you do is just fire the people that you've appointed in the first place? But, um, yeah, so those are the three heathen recommended, uh, recommendations of stuff to watch if, if you're bored and feel like uh, angering yourself. And that led to some of the other popular movies that, that I liked from my childhood, like Demolition Man and Under Siege. It's just strange that these themes from like these older movies are actually playing out and then like people don't see that happening. And th- this is another great example. So I haven't talked about aliens on this podcast, but a lot of people make fun of me because I do like to talk about aliens. And I, I bring up people's reasoning isn't rational. So if you play the lottery, people will say, well, the lottery's for the mathematical illiterate, right? The mathematically illiterate people play the lottery. Only poor people play the lottery. And I say, well, have you ever heard of the Drake equation? And I found out about it by reading the book The Chariot of the Gods. But this this scientist named Drake came up with an equation and he narrowed it down to all the planets that would have life more advanced than ours. And it was still like 10 to the 16th exponent, which our little finite brains can't even comprehend. And that was in the 1950s. And then in 2018 and 19, uh, NASA's newest satellite, TESS, found like 4,000 planets with water and carbon on them and that satellite the TESS T-E-S-S finds so much data that we can't even process it so the science is catching up with the theory of this guy that was a scientist in the 50s and 60s and he spent his whole life uh, listening to radio waves thinking that advanced civilizations would would be putting out frequencies and he built giant telescopes and stuff. So, play the fucking Powerball <laughs> because other things have to mathematically exist out into the cosmos, which is why uh, Joe Rogan is super excited about the DOD disclosing UFOs, which, you know, a lot of people have been pressuring with the Freedom of Information Act to get that information. And then there's been enough pilots from the dawn of aviation who have seen things in the sky and a lot of the Air Force um, stuff like the Project Blue Book and everything, like they have actually looked into this. So that Navy pilot out over the Pacific, you know, the, the fuck, what was that? Like the, it looked like a gyroscopic top or something like that in this HUD footage. So Joe Rogan's talking to Neil deGrasse Tyson, and I actually like Neil deGrasse, and I liked his uh, Cosmos and 
and you know he that was a remake um and, and it was like a, a tribute to his predecessors and i think he's done a lot for uh promoting science but he's sitting there talking to joe rogan and when and joe rogan brings him on for the sole purpose of picking his brain about extraterrestrials and he he tiptoe dances around it over and over again in so much that he says like everyone's carrying a cell phone I don't know why there's not more footage well two things and this is going to be me living my truth but a person that I went to college with had a snapchat video of five extraterrestrials in our hometown and when I asked her about it she said the video was deleted off of her phone and out of her snapchat so that actually happened. So I saw it on her story. She saved it, and now it doesn't exist anymore. Two, <clears throat> last month we had a strawberry moon, a big blood moon, and that was the biggest fucking thing in the entire goddamn sky. I took a picture of that, and in the picture, it looked smaller and blurrier than my little fucking white penis out in the middle of a snowstorm. <laughs> so... Like, fuck you, Neil deGrasse Tyson. If you're a subject area, uh, subject matter area <clears throat> expert, you know that the focus on a goddamn little tiny cell phone is only good for selfies and taking pictures of my white bleached asshole. So then you have to question, is he working for the company or is he just one of those guys that has his own, he's just a person too and he has his own disbeliefs which we'll never find the answer to that unless he writes a book to get famous even more famous than he already is but the reason why I bring up aliens is the Department of Defense has admitted that unidentified objects are real and here's like one of the lead scientists that everyone knows the name of and he's like dismissing that fact but to all the rest of us that means they've been lying about it since 1947 with Roswell right like I don't, I don't think that's too far of a, a leap to say You've, if you know this is real and you've known that this is real for this long, and you've been lying about it for a national interest, then why the fuck would I want to give you any more authority? Like, if you would lie about that for that long, then why would I give you access to my Alexa? And that's why I think it's a self-licking ice cream cone, because... Everyone wants more money from Congress to get more new toys and, and to do more of the Lord's work. But it has evolved into something that the framers of the Constitution never could have imagined. So they put checks and balances in place uh, to keep from getting into an arist aristocrat or uh, like a a one-liter system, right? They were they were leery of one person getting too much power. Well, now we have three branches of government. They're just not the ones written down on the little piece of paper. The three branches of government we have are 
unfettered resources from corporate America that goes back to the Rockefellers and Carnegies paying all this super PAC money to keep the bureaucracy level of government uh, a swamp, right? Remember, drain the swamp and how well that worked out. The swamp ate them. But uh, <laughs> he ended up turning the swamp thing. But they keep those little peasants fighting amongst themselves and, and bringing up things like race and abortion to get our blood boiling so we don't actually focus on what's really going on. And then there's the black ops side that gets unlimited money to go do you know, their Lord's work and, and what they deem as, as patriotic, which doesn't seem very patriotic if it's cocaine and AK-47s. It does sound fun. It just doesn't sound like something we should be involved in with our tax dollars. So, sorry, sorry to say that. <laughs> um, those are the three branches of government as the heathen season. The money, the people that take the money and spend it terribly, and then and then the people that take the money that no one sees and does what they want with it, including killing women and children. But they're the ones that have access to your cell phones because they deploy to Toledo, Ohio, or, or Cleveland to sit there and watch you fucking make your OnlyFans page. So it is, it's quite the conundrum. Um, I like that the title of that book is Goliath because... A small stone brought that big fucker down. I don't... I don't think that we're in a place of no return. I just think... More adults need to be having the, like, the grown-up conversation. Not the conversation of... I don't want my tax dollars to fund a welfare queen. And there's too many free riders in our society. I've worked my whole goddamn life. No, not not that kind of grown-up conversation. The grown-up conversation of... Um, are we going to keep the Constitution? Or are we going to create an all-new, weird, new world order government? Because as it stands, uh, no one is playing by the rules that like we all agreed to follow and, and as a result of that you see more distrust and the problem with all of this distrust is the peasants have a festering boil like down here on ground level where life is hard people are angry and it's not going to take much to sway them to get angry amongst each other which which is what you see with the Antifa and the KKK and the back and forth with race relations. And the reason why I bring <clears throat> those things up is I think that there's more that meets the eye because Putin brought it up with Biden and then uh, it was brought up in the 50s with Eisenhower in Little Rock, Arkansas, desegregating schools. And then before that, it was brought up with the Trans-Pacific Railroad and that big monopoly. And they would pay the Irish workers a little bit more than the African American workers and then the Chinese they would pay hardly anything as long as they would fight amongst themselves no one would look up to the big coal baron and say what the fuck is actually going on right <laughs> um, genius strategy I just can't believe it took till 2021 for smart guys like Matt Stoller to write about it and dumb blue-collar fucks like me to read about it.
So don't don't just take my word for it. Here. If this doesn't get you hooked. Quote, take a look around. You probably have a phone made by one of two companies. You likely bank at one of the four giant banks and fly on one of the four big airlines. You connect with your friends with either Facebook, WhatsApp, or Instagram, all of which are owned by one company. You get your internet through Comcast or AT&T data. <clears throat> About your thoughts goes into the database owned by Google. Fuck, I fucked that up. You get your internet data through Comcast or AT&T. Data about your thoughts goes into the database owned by Google. What you buy into Amazon or Walmart and what you owe to Experian and Equifax. You live in a world structured by concentrated corporate power. And... <clears throat> What's ironic about that is it's like too big to fail <clears throat> thing that's going on, right? So look, even look at COVID and the airlines. All of these major airlines went to Congress and said, we'll lay off all of our pilots, bail us out, and they did. And then look at Enron. None of those guys actually went to prison, just a couple middle managers. And then you find out that one of Trump's last acts was to pardon the Lehman Brothers <clears throat> and Little Wayne for carrying a machine gun, even though he has priors. And Experian was hacked. They're still a company. They were too big to fail. They had one fucking job, <laughs> right? That's, that's to keep your data secure, and they didn't fucking do that. Nothing happened to them. Um, Facebook, you know, we could talk ad nauseum about it, but they get hacked, and leaked and people run scams on there all the time. Doesn't seem like a fucking thing ever happens to them. And I don't know, probably about 10 years ago, a bunch of service members fucking clearances were hacked and that was in the news. So it's like if we're giving these people all this unfettered access to all of our shit, why aren't they doing a better job of protecting that? Because that's their sole responsibility. But, but there's always the argument of you need to work somewhere. But, but the, the true irony is if capitalism was the end-all, be-all, then Experian wouldn't exist because they fucked up and then a better new product would have replaced them. So if true market capitalism was what we lived under and not crony capitalism... And we would have already been to Mars, right? Like, it w we wouldn't be stuck with this oil consumption, uh, whatever the fuck it is. You know, like, everything is a, a fossil fuel. We would have had electric cars with Tesla. We would have had free electricity with Tesla. So, it's ironic that the, the people that make the rules make them... gray enough so they never see jail time but they make them strict enough for the peasants to not revolt
So, <clears throat> I, I read a book a while back called The New Great Depression. It was about COVID and how things aren't going to come back as smoothly as we think or any politician tells you. And then in this Goliath book, they were talking about uh, the, the actual Great Depression. So, I'm going to paraphrase, but hyperinflation led to deflation which led to racial tensions, and then you see the worst in humanity, right? So the, the limited resources and uh, the ration mentality leads people to do pretty egregious stuff. And I just think we're on the road to that now. And if, if we thought that NAFTA was bad with car manufacturing in Detroit, the whole United States is just going to be a ghetto. Or at least more disparity between working class people and um, like white collar criminals. And I, and I hope I'm wrong on that. I just, I just think it's um, like inevitable. It's inevitable because everyone gets to make things worse and then walk away richer. And there's no repercussions for their actions, just like Enron. But let me circle back to Degrassi. He was someone that I look up to when I was a kid. And then Joe Rogan's someone that I look up to as an adult. And then the two merged and had a badass podcast. The only problem is it upset me, and I couldn't figure out why. So I had to reflect on it, and then I had to research it. And then I had to go to my phone and see that small little blurry picture of the moon to realize that I was being lied to. And one of the things that he talked about on Joe Rogan's podcast was he calculated Jeff Bezos' money. And you could wrap it around the world a hundred times, go to the moon, back and forth, like, you know, one, one dollar bills. And basically it was so much money, we, we can't comprehend it. And he was trying to comprehend it, so he, he did some calculations. And he was kind of cowtailing to Bezos for, like, a job well done. And... <clears throat> I, I love the modern era. I love that I can make this podcast and stream it around the world. I'm not saying that we don't have a better existence than what we did in, in previous generations. What I am saying, though, is all those Amazon boxes and COVID masks created more pollution when right before COVID happened, we were all trying to save a goddamn sea turtle from being lobotomized. And it is like the left hemisphere of my brain is fucking the right hemisphere because I can't get my head around that. How, one, the, the straws wouldn't even make a fucking splash in the ocean, to use a funny analogy. Uh, that was an elementary fucking discussion propagated by <laughs> goddamn Starbucks to sell more latte enemas. But... The actual fucking discussion is who's going to clean up that much shit out in the ocean. And it's a very liberal thing to say the guy that fucking made the mess created more pollution. But if the, you can't even get that son of a bitch to pay taxes, what makes you think he's going to go out there in the ocean and clean up the fucking mess? He's going to say, well, I just provided a service, and you guys bought it. 
and all those little COVID masks, now, a year and a half or two years into it, they're like, cut the cut the ear holes so it doesn't get wrapped around the sea turtle's neck. And it's just fucking ironic, moronic, sad, sadistic, fucking mind-numbing, egregious. deafening that we can't trust the science because there is your lead scientific figure kowtowing to Bezos who is just a mortal like the rest of us he puts his pants on the same way but he happened to be one of those guys that made it and yeah that is something to aspire to be but it won't be a few guys in lab coats, underpaid, and lacking sleep that's going to clean the great Pacific fucking reef of garbage shit out there. And it won't be China that cleans it up either. And it probably won't even be America that's bankrupting itself that cleans it up, even though we think we can solve all the world's problems. It's going to be like Leonardo DiCaprio and Bezos and Elon getting together. It's going to be a couple rich philanthropists and some titans of industry, and they're not going to fucking budge a, a fucking muscle unless it pays them somehow. Unless, like, the UN gives them money or, or something like that. Because that's just how the system works. <clears throat> and I can't get my head around why Neil deGrasse Tyson had to break my heart like that. And that single three-hour podcast is the quintessence, the culmination, the coup de grace, the apex that ties all this together. You have a guy that's the number one podcaster in the world who, who I've said has failed forward, right? Like, now he's, uh, anything he touches is gold, but like, he is, I, I, I would say, like a definition of a woke person, a person who gets smarter by going to work, a, a person who is curious and stays curious. And then you have you know, the establishment, someone who is on mainstream media as a subject matter expert. And uh, the result was the same sellout. It was, it was the same sellout, hacked, hack job, horse shit, the same manure that were fed day in and day out. They didn't fucking talk about anything. When Joe Rogan queried Neil deGrasse, he said that we found out bears sit on park benches and slide down slides. That, that's how he uh, averted a serious inquiry about a serious topic, something that he should be the expert in, and he dismissed it with bears playing and swing sets. And that infuriated me, rightfully so, I think. 
So anyways, I hate that every time I swallow or, or chew gum, I can hear it on this microphone. I'm, I'm eventually going to buy a new microphone. And it's also from the hours of 4 to 5 a.m. that I've, I've been making this. So the way that I created this episode was I had a few notes, as you probably heard me thumbing through. And then the rest was strictly what came to mind at that time. And some people say, aren't you afraid you're going to run out of material? And my rebuttal is, someone does something dumber every fucking day. Every fucking day I wake up on this pathetic little fucking planet, this shit-filled, smog-polluted fucking planet where people literally argue over water that's in bottles that leach cancer into my body or the tap water filled with fucking shit that calcifies my pineal gland. When I wake up every day, there's a new fucking example of stupidity. So no, I, I don't I don't think I will ever run out of fucking material to fucking enlighten you fucking classless peasants about. And praise be to thee, all the goddamn heathens.